0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Now, for the benefit of those who are visiting and weren't here last week, and just to remind everybody else who was here last week, Pastor Clive was speaking about the next step that God wants us to take both as a church and also as individual members of the church. And he pointed out the difference between where we are now and where God is wanting to take us. That at present we're seeing people added to the church, new people becoming believers, being born again and receiving the gift of God's Spirit. But he wants to take us from addition into multiplication. So we see many more people coming to the Lord. That we're living in gleaning now, but he wants to take us into harvest. And we have so many promises that God has given us about the harvest that is, is uh, really going to come upon us in this season. Uh, And then we are living in blessing and much blessing. Some wonderful things are happening in the life of the church, uh, in people's personal lives, but God wants to take us into a place of abundance. And it's about the abundance that God wants to speak to us this morning. How do we get from the place where we are, where we know God... Is blessing us but into a place of abundance. What really does it mean to live in God's abundance? Well I'm going to take you into some scriptures a little later on but I'm going to begin with some personal testimony of a kind that uh, I don't normally share. My wife is always in trepidation when I say things like that. What's he going to say now? But it's it's okay, dear. It's all right. I was was brought up in the war. And in wartime, uh, all food and everything is rationed. There aren't luxuries. uh, And you have to really use to the full everything that is available. For example, it, um, being brought up on uh, in the suburbs of London, uh, you hardly ever saw butter. You were blessed if you could get hold of margarine or cooking fat, lard. Um, but in those days it came in blocks in paper and you would scrape and scrape and scrape the paper so that you used every last bit and then you would keep the paper to actually grease your pans when you were cooking. Nothing could be wasted. Uh, And you were therefore brought up with a mentality uh, to make sure that you, you wasted nothing. Even the peelings, the potato peelings and everything else, all had to be saved and put in a pig bin to help the war effort to feed the animals uh, that that were needed and so on. Everything was very frugal. I can remember when uh, I was eight years old, which was after the war, uh, (coughs) my mother was sitting reading the newspaper in the garden one day and she said to me and my brother oh here's something that will interest you boys now I was eight years old right she said here's something that will interest you boys ice cream is coming back into the shops and I said to her what's ice cream I'd never even heard of it never seen it and my mother tried to explain what ice cream was to someone who's never seen it. Well, you just tried doing that. She gave up in the end and she said, I can't explain it to you, but I know you'll like it when you see it. <laughs> she was dead right and I've loved ice cream ever since. But what all this created in me and why I'm mentioning it is I had a poverty mentality Because we had to be so careful about anything and there was never any spare money or any spare this, that or the other, I developed a poverty mentality. Now I didn't realize that. And during the early years of my ministry when God began the revival in Luton, I was seeing God move in wonderful ways spiritually. He was... We, we were seeing, I, I think, about 50 people a month that were being led to the Lord through repentance and faith one-to-one as well as all the people that were coming to the Lord in the the meetings that we had on Sunday evenings because, of course, uh, this was the first church that was really moving in the power of the Spirit in that way at that time. And so people were coming from all over the nation for our evening worship. And so many, many more people coming we were seeing multiplication we were really seeing harvest we were seeing so much healing we had 18 healing groups meeting every week to pray for the sick because we saw so many uh, people being healed so many miracles happening we were living in the miraculous and that was all very wonderful Um, but then We had, or I I had a a need, somebody, I think it must have been through Christmas and birthday, I'd accumulated a little bit of money. We had three small children and were living on a vicar's stipend at that time, which was not great, but God was enabling us and uh, wanted to buy uh, a music system. They were not quite as developed in those days this is back in the 70s as they are now but um, a a fellow pastor who had a electrical business on the side and therefore had access to trade prices he said to me well tell me what you want and, and I'll get it at a discount price for you through the trade so I told him what I wanted and he said you don't want that that's rubbish He said, what you want is this. And he pointed to uh, another thing, which was about three times the price. And I said, well, I can't afford that. And he said to me, don't you believe in the love of God? And I said, what do you mean? So he said, well, our God is a God of quality. He's not a God of the cheap and the cheerful. And he wants you to have the best. So he wants you to have this, this other system. So I said, well, I just don't have the money for that. So he said, well, will you agree with me if I agree with you that God will supply you with a gift to enable you to buy that other system? I'll order it and we'll believe that God will provide for it. I felt very uncomfortable because my whole thinking, my whole mentality was everything God will supply for the work of the kingdom, but why should he supply for me? And uh, so I said, okay, I'll agree with you. And for me, I suppose, this was a bit of a test well of course I can't remember how it happened but within days somebody supplied a gift a personal gift which enabled me to buy the more expensive God used that to help break my poverty mentality and to teach me Colin, out of love for you, I always want to supply for you. Supplying for you personally never takes anything away from what I supply for the work of the kingdom. I am able to supply for the work of the kingdom and to supply for you without going broke. He might not have put it quite that way, but that's what he was teaching me. Fast forward several years. Now I'd left Luton. Kingdom Faith was operating. We were living as a community. And we had about 60 people in the community and... and, uh, we had no visible means of income. Nobody had a secular job. We were all involved in the work of the ministry. We didn't have a church in that time because we were encouraging revival and renewal in, in the churches uh, in this country and around the world. So our only visible income was whatever came in through the sale of my books and the gifts in, uh, that, uh, for my travelling ministry. But, of course, that was... Uh, a small fraction of what it cost to look after 60 people. At the same time, we were sending out uh, what was called the Kingdom Faith Teaching Course, which was an 18-month-long course on cassettes with with, um, worksheets. And we were sending these out to 6,000 groups every month, groups, not individuals, 6,000 groups every month, completely free of charge, We didn't charge them. We didn't charge postage or anything. But we believed God would supply. And he did. And we saw always he supplied for the ministry and for everything that we needed. Um, And never, ever, ever in all those years uh, that we were living in community were we ever one penny in debt. God always supplied for the needs of everybody that was in the community. Why? Because we were seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, so God was honoring his promise that everything else would be added to us. Now, there came a point when my wife and family and I, we were living in a community house. We had, at that time, a household because the the 60 was divided into a number of different households. We always had the biggest household. And at this time, we had a household of about 16 people. And we were living in another big house, which was actually owned by two Christian families. They'd bought it so we could use it, free of charge, uh, as one of the community houses. But it so happened that both these families needed the money that they had tied up in the house they needed that released back to them at at the same time so it was necessary for the house to be sold so obviously there wasn't anything we could do except say okay yeah but that's, that's fine God will supply another place for us when it's sold So the house was put on the market, it was obviously a big house, and nobody was showing any interest, and the two families involved were getting more and more concerned because they needed the money, and um, so we said, well, there's nothing we can do. I think they thought people were probably coming to show them around, and because we didn't want to move, we were putting them off, but that wasn't the case. There was just absolutely no interest. And uh, the, the uh, families were getting more and more worked up about this. So I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, why isn't the house selling? And the Lord said to me, it's because I want you to have it. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I want you to buy it personally. I want to provide this house for you personally. You will use it for the work of the ministry, but I want you to have it. Now, my wife and I, we've never ever aspired to owning a house because as a vicar, you know, and a priest in the Church of England, we always had accommodation provided for us. And since that time, we'd lived in the various community households, that God, houses that God had provided for us. So we'd never needed a house of our own. We never aspired to have a house of our own. So, I mean, this was going to cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. It was a big sum of money. So the Lord said to me, he, he brought the same question back to me. Do you believe I love you enough to supply this house for you? So, I mean, how do you answer a question like that? You can't say, no, Lord, you don't love me enough. So I said, well, yes, Lord. So he said, right, I want you to agree with me now that I will supply the money for you to buy this house personally. So I agreed. Just after that, I went to, on a, a ministry tour of Sweden. And I came out of a leaders' conference... Uh, for the the lunch break in a church in the south of Sweden. And a secretary came running out of the office and said, there's an international telephone call for you. Somebody's been phoning all around Sweden searching for you. My office knew more or less where I was, but not the precise location because I was moving about so much. So I went and took this phone call. And it was from an international businessman who said to me, I've been trying to contact you because God has spoken to me that I'm to buy a house for you. Do you need a house? (laughs) So I said, Well, actually, yes, I do. But it's rather expensive. So he said, How much? So I told him the sum and he said that's precisely the sum the Lord has told me to supply for you. Amen. And he said I want you to know that I'm supplying this house so that for the rest of your life and even if you ever retire you will always have a place and you will never need a mortgage. Amen. Amen. Now that's That's the love of God. That's abundance. I started with a poverty mentality. God broke that by supplying a music system. Ended up by supplying a house. And when we sold that house, of course, we need, we, and, and stopped living in community, we were able to buy another house just of a size for ourselves, but we were also able to give a considerable amount of money away. And this is the point, that God wants us To be living in abundance, not so that we have a lot, but so we can give a lot. Because you see, it's only if you're living in abundance that you have much to give. So we were able to give hundreds of thousands of pounds away as a result of the Lord being so good to us. Okay, now, what does the scripture tell us about all of this? Well, we know that God wants us to prosper. Now, do not be afraid of that word. We know that there has been what people refer to as a prosperity gospel. And that's had a very bad press because of the way in which it was presented that what God wanted was for us simply to prosper materially in this world, to have, you know, a bigger this and a bigger that and a better this and a better that. In other words, it was very worldly and very selfish in its motivation. And that's not the point. God wants us to prosper in the things of the kingdom. We're not just talking about money. Money is just a, an a useful illustration because it is something that is so viable and we know we can understand how to handle money and amounts of money. But God wants us to prosper in every way according to the scripture. That he has not only saved us but filled us with his spirit in order that we might prosper. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians says this in, in the second letter, chapter 8, and verse 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, by sharing our humanity, that is, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Not just rich financially, but rich spiritually rich in every way. Why? Because it's the work of his grace, of God giving to those who deserve nothing. So it isn't that God blesses us because we deserve to be blessed, but simply because he is the God of grace who wants us to prosper. So we need a prosperous mentality God wants to deliver anybody who still has one in this room this morning from a poverty mentality. But he wants to replace that with a prosperous mentality that you know and you understand that not only does God want kingdom faith to prosper spiritually and materially, but he wants you personally as part of the body here to prosper spiritually physically as well as financially even our health is part of the prosperity that God wants in our lives he wants to bless us he wants to make us rich in every way So Paul says in the first letter to the Corinthians that God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He has enriched you in every way. So God wants us to be living in the riches that he has provided, spiritually and materially. God knows both are important. We will only do that if we have a faith mentality. A faith mentality is a prosperous mentality, not a selfish mentality, not prospering so that we can say we've got a bigger house or a better car or this, that or the other, but because we know we have a God who out of his love for us and out of the grace that he shows us he wants to bless us with his abundance. He wants us to believe that his love is so real and so great that he wants us to experience his abundance. So I've just quoted from 2 Corinthians 8, 9. In 2 Corinthians 9:8. Paul says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you will abound in every good work. Now you see, God wants to supply for you in absolutely every way conceivable so that you will then be able to give. Who knows you can't give what you don't have? hello so the more God gives the more he blesses you the more you have to give now of course he wants us to be faithful in the giving of the tithe the first tenth of all that we receive because that belongs to the Lord amen Amen. and of course there are wonderful promises that God makes he says if we don't pay the tithe, we're robbing him in Malachi chapter 3. But then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will now listen to this, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now that's the heart of God. I want to bless you so much that it will seem you just can't, you can't take any more. And Jesus taught this principle, didn't he? The measure you give is the measure you get back. But what you get back is good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But not until you give first. And you see, this is how it happens. You give, God gives more more abundantly then you can give more abundantly he gives more abundantly whether it's spiritually whether it's materially in whatever way in this way the blessing of God increases in our lives but we become a greater blessing to other people now by the grace of God and I can assure you it is entirely by the grace of God my ministry has been a blessing to a great number of people But you see, part of the reason for that is that God delivered me from a poverty mentality, gave me a prosperous mentality, a faith mentality, and enabled me to believe that he would use me far and way beyond anything that I could ask or imagine, which again is a fulfillment of his word. Are you all with me? Okay. So... There is absolutely nothing negative in God. There is no need in God. He does not have a need. So there can be no poverty mentality in God. And we live in Christ and he lives in us. So the one in whom we live has no poverty thinking. The one who lives in us has no poverty thinking. The one who lives in us is the one who wants to prosper us. Are we hearing this? The problem is this, that so many Christians believe they have received a blessing from God, but they don't realize that the fullness of the life of Christ lives in them. That God, according to the scripture, has given us the fullness of his life. Christ is in you, not a blessing from Christ, not a little bit of Christ, But Christ himself is living in you by the power of his spirit. The one who causes all mankind to be able to prosper lives in you because he wants you to prosper. So yes, he wants you to be faithful in giving so that he can open the storehouses of heaven and pour out upon you so much blessing that you can hardly contain it. If that is not happening, something is wrong with your thinking. And God wants to take you from your present thinking into your expectation of abundance. So, you see, this abundance isn't going to happen if we sit back and wait for it. God says, no, you have to believe for the multiplication, you have to believe for the harvest, you have to believe for the the abundance. But to believe for the abundance means that you have to do the outworking of faith, to be prepared, to be faithful in giving, in doing, in obedience to whatever he is saying to us because he promises, doesn't he, that if we are faithful in giving, in, 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 sorry, in, in obeying his word, then he will answer our prayer. He will provide in absolutely every way possible for us. You can't buy God's blessings. But what he's saying is if we are faithful in the way we give to him and give to others we will see the faithfulness of God in the way that he gives to us and causes us to prosper. Not just in the tithe, but in giving to others, in giving and offerings over and above. However, just having a giving mentality. And God had to transform my whole mentality from this... Poverty, be careful, be very, very careful, which is the way I was naturally brought up, to being one who could be generous on every occasion. And it came to the point where at, at one point I had to pray, Lord, make me a generous person. Make me a person who's, who who genuinely wants to give and wants to bless and wants to not only give financially, I mean, that, that, that's an easy thing to do, but to give to people, to love them, to serve them, to, to do whatever in order that they may prosper. You cause me to prosper. I want others to prosper. And you see, as you want others to prosper, so then you begin to prosper more yourself. The thing that kills prosperity mentality is to be selfish and for your prayer to be selfish and all you're thinking about is God providing for you. No, no, no. We are a giving people, we are a generous people, we are a blessing people and God measures back to us. His good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Have you got the message? There are many, many more scriptures that, that I could Use. but I want you to just listen to one more and then we're going to pray and I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer and things are going to happen here this morning is that alright God, God has told me he is going to deliver people this morning from a poverty mentality Amen. which is why I shared what I did at the beginning but he also wants everybody to leave this room with a prosperity mentality from from this morning onwards, you're going to think abundance. And when you pray, you're going to pray with an abundant attitude. Not thinking that God is only going to measure out to you the little bit that you need just to get by, you know, just to keep you quiet or just to keep you in the kingdom. No, 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 no. He wants to bless you with His abundance. He loves me, loves my wife. We don't have any needs. Praise God for that. From a financial point of view, He wants to bless you, not only financially, He wants to bless you in your health and so on. Listen. Now, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's 2 Corinthians 9. Read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 in your leisure and just see what God is saying to you then he goes on to say this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else Prosperity, in a biblical sense so that you cause others to prosper. Amen? Amen? John says something else in the third letter, the little letter that he wrote. We read after the um, longer letter. He said this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health And that all may go well with you, even as your soul. That go well with you literally means, and that you will prosper. Even as your soul is getting along well. This is the heart of God. I want you to be in good health. I want you to prosper. I want you to be a blessing to others. Because of the way my life, my love, my power, and my provision flows out of you that you are a channel of blessing, you're a channel of my goodness to many other people. Hallelujah. And the anointing of God upon us, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, will enable all this. And of course, will draw many other people to the Lord and into the richness of his grace and of his blessing. Let's all stand Now, this is a time to be honest with God and honest with yourself. We're just going to be still for a few moments. I want you to close your eyes so that you're not distracted by anything else. Now, be honest. Are there any ways in which you have a poverty mentality? Perhaps towards finances, perhaps towards your health? Perhaps towards giving or not giving to others? Of yourself, of your time, of whatever? Do you have that sort of be careful? (coughs) See, the world says, if you give, you'll have less. God says, if you give, you'll have more. So are you going to believe the world? Or are you going to believe God? The enemy says, don't give. You can't afford it. God says, give. And you will receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You're going to believe the devil, or you're going to believe God? Is your mentality shaped by what the world says, by what the devil says, or by what God says in his word? Now if you think in any way you have a poverty mentality it's a curse and Jesus died on the cross to deliver us from every curse so just ask God to forgive you now Lord, forgive me I realise this poverty mentality in whatever way it's expressed not only financially but in whatever way I realise that is a product of unbelief it questions your love for me or how much you love me and I've had done with it now by the power of your blood and the authority of your name I ask you to deliver me this morning from the curse of a poverty mentality. Lord, I know it's a big thing to ask you to change my thinking, but I believe nothing is impossible for you, and you will bring about this revolution in my thinking as a result of what you do in me this morning. Everybody's got their eyes closed, nobody's looking around. But if if you believe God is just breaking something off of your life now, just raise a hand. Because you believe... God is breaking something that needs to be broken in your thinking. Lord, I pray for all those who have raised their hands. I thank you that that curse is now broken in their lives. They're not going to have a frugal mentality anymore. But I believe, Lord, you're going to replace this with a generous, (laughs) abundant, Prosperous mentality. Okay, you can just lower your hands. Now, we're all going to pray, not just those who raise their hands, we're all going to pray for a prosperous, abundant mentality. To believe God for what He promises in His Word. That we are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living that we're going to see him do far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine. I think some of you, perhaps even more than just raise their hands, quite a lot of people raised their hands, but quite a lot didn't. But I think a lot of you probably don't realise how actually God is restricted in the way he can work in you and through you because of a lack of faith, really. Really? That he wants to lift you to another level of faith. And that's only another way of saying he wants to deliver you from a poverty of faith. Into a generous faith. That expects him to give you the best. Amen? Amen. To supply in every way. So are we ready for this? Because you see, the kingdom faith as is, 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 is a church... Is it made up of a body of people? But God wants everybody in the church to prosper. So can you say, Lord, I believe that you want me to prosper. I want you to, you want me to prosper in my health. In my finances. In my relationships. You want me to become a generous giver. That because you give so much to me, in so many different ways, I am able to be a greater blessing to others than I've ever been in the past. past. And I thank you, Lord. Come on, just praise him and thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now just keep your eyes closed, because we're now going to pray because I've been focusing on what God wants to do personally but now we're going to just pray corporately the way God wants to bless us as a church corporately so that we bear much more fruit so that the addition becomes multiplication so the gleaning becomes harvest so the blessing becomes abundance in the whole church and abundance is flowing out You know, abundance will flow out. It's already, we're already giving in so many different ways, perhaps ways that some of you don't even know about. But God is going to do, He's going to increase the harvest of our righteousness. As we read in that scripture. So are you ready to pray this? Father, we thank you so much. We praise your holy and wonderful name that you want kingdom faith to prosper because it's the church that you have brought into being for your plans and purposes and you know the will you have for us and you want us to prosper in the outworking of that will so that we see a harvest of people coming into your kingdom that we see many more people being healed than we have seen healed in the past that lord we see are having a greater impact on the 25 mile radius and beyond that we've had in the previous years that lord now you're leading us into a new season of multiplication of harvest and abundance and we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we give you all the praise hallelujah Amen. Now, just before we finish, let me ask you a question. Where is the multiplication? Where is the harvest? Where is the abundance? If you've got the message this morning, it's now inside you. I've now got this, I've got this harvest mentality, this multiplication mentality, this abundant mentality. It's not out there somewhere. It's not just something that Pastor Clive and others talk about for the church. I've got it. God has given me. He's changed my mentality. This, can, can you say amen to that? Can you shout your praise to God for that? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And Lord, as a body, we are united in believing for the multiplication, the harvest, and the abundance of which you have spoken. And it's all for the glory and honour and praise of your name because it's the outworking of your will, of your sovereign will, and you are glorified wherever your will is fulfilled. So we bless you. Come on, let's give the Lord a great shout of praise. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.